You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The fact that I started wearing pants was a big deal. I was, in their view, jeopardizing my salvation. Did you guys keep, like, a foot between you? No, I'm just kidding. Six-inch rule. Actually, there was a six-inch rule. And could you hold hands? Not until we were engaged. (laughs) Whoa. And we didn't kiss until our wedding day. With or without the reality show, this control issue would have been a thing. A big tool of control is to like isolate people. Yeah. Her dad would say, like, don't talk about finances or the show with any other people because mm. they wouldn't understand. One of the core teachings was you're not supposed to limit the number of children that you have. A lot of families would have as many as their body would spit out. It's wild. Did you guys ever shut down any kids eat free restaurants yes, as a family? Wait, I you, think so. You did? We sat down with Jill Ducker and her husband, Derek Dillard, from the hit TLC TV show, 19 Kids and Counting. Jill grew up in a strict household that was a part of the Institute of Basic Life Principles, also known as the IBLP. And the Institute has since been criticized for its cult-like characteristics. In a recent Amazon documentary, Jill and Derek opened up about never being paid for their involvement on the TV show. We talk about all this and so much more in today's interview. We just recently watched uh, Shiny Happy People, the documentary. Happy Shiny People. Happy, wait. No, Shiny Happy shiny, People. Oh, yeah. you're right. Uh, shiny Happy People. <laughs> I got it right. It was two years ago that you filmed that, and it just Almost came out. Almost two years ago, yeah. I was wow. pregnant with our youngest, Freddie, and now okay. he is uh, like 17 months. Yeah, a year and a half. Wow. So. so were you expecting that big of a delay in between? I mean, you're kind of no. used to that. I mean, yes. With with growing up on just filming all the time for TV show and stuff, uh I was used to there being a delay, but generally the delay would be no more than like six months, three to mm. six months. It kind of fell it, off our radar and we actually were talking with each other uh, shortly before it came out. We were like, didn't we like whatever happened with that interview we did? I had never even heard of the IBLP ever. I didn't know mm. what that was until the documentary. So that was all yeah. new to me. So I'm curious, did it accurately depict what the IB, IBLP was from your perspective? I think it, they did a really good job of setting it up for people like you're saying who've never heard of IBLP this organization that I kind of grew up in and the wild crazy ideas that a bunch of people just caught on to it tended to draw a lot of people from broken backgrounds who wanted a you know a checklist of what they could do to fix their lives people felt like this is like the key uh versus like a relationship with Jesus um that's where I feel like they did a good job of kind of distinguishing between the two of like what true Christianity is meant to look like Mm. versus like what essentially a cult looks like. And I thought that documentary did a well, uh, did a good job of um, describing that well. But I think they also were not, um, they're not coming from the perspective of advocating for something. All they're doing is like presenting these facts and then saying like, here's how it got here. One of the moments in your book where I was totally blown away was seeing, I think you mentioned having to leave a church that had some sort of uh, event or something where there were kids dancing it was on a stage. Christmas I think it was program. A, a, a Christmas program with kids dancing on stage, and your family left. Right? Mm-hmm. They it, it, that was something that was not allowed in IBLP yeah. households. No, yeah, it, it would be very much something that if we didn't just pick up and leave during, then we would after the fact 
like my parents might like apologize to us like i'm so sorry kids that okay. you had to see that or whatever so damaged. you never danced growing and up and then we wouldn't go back no Mm-mm. no dancing like no. how how do you qualify what dancing is though because like our know, our toddler right? our toddler when we turn on music he, lo- he loves book. to dance yeah it's so cute but he'll do like this little running thing yeah and so is like is jumping running. for joy like that's what my my parents so would call jump it jumping. For joy. Jumping for joy might no, you be okay can. if you're just like yeah. jumping like on a mm. trampoline. Yay! I'm so excited. Uh, oh my goodness, we got you whatever. Have to redefine you know? it, but even if it's jumping for joy, the same action, but you call it something different. That's no, no, you can't call it dancing. Did you grow up in an IBLP household? No, no, I didn't know anything about IBLP really? until we started around the time we started talking. So you didn't have 18 other siblings like Jill. That was no, I had <laughs> one other sibling. Yeah. Culture shock coming into wow. my family. And was that something that was normal in IBLP families? Were there a lot of families with almost 20 kids or 10 plus kids? Yes. So IBLP, I would say like looking at their group, one of the main things that you would see going to like a conference or something like that would be families with lots of kids because one of the core teachings was that you're not supposed to limit the number of children Mm. that you have. Um, So a lot of families would have 10, 12 kids, as many as they, their body would, you know, spit out. So at our ages, yeah. What was it like 11 kids? Yeah. 11 or 12 kids. Her parents had at our age. I was like, yeah. Wow. I don't even age. know the math, but I'm like trying to figure I'm like, okay, nine months is a standard pregnancy. I'm like, how does that even happen? Like, that's crazy. There's My multiples. mom would usually get pregnant with the next kid when the baby was like six months old. That was like average Holy cow. for her. Like, I feel like it. That so, is so wild. No, like having six to 10, no six protection, like not even condoms. Like that's <laughs> not okay. I'm sorry. I don't know. Like, like literally nothing at all or... I mean, I didn't usually have those conversations with oh, my parents, okay. but I know that they did not yeah. believe if we in contraception. Using That's condoms, what they would, they would say. have been like, "Don't no. do it." Yeah. Did you guys ever shut down any kids eat free restaurants yes, as a family? Wait, I you, think so. There was this one AQ out back. Remember, you yeah. used to go there. Families like mine suffered for it because <laughs> then we couldn't go get. <laughs> All of us and our friends, yeah. We, and they changed their rules. Yeah, because we, you know, you find out where the kids eat free places are and you tell all your other homeschool family friends who have like eight and 10 and 12 kids. Yeah. That was a hack. Like, you know what? Like Derek would say, he's like, this is a, a poor business decision. They're the ones making the decision. Right. You know, like right. there are True. lots of those places. You can't run yourself. In the so but when they make that deal, they're not thinking about a family of 21 coming in. We went there for so long. They would have known like. They're coming. Eventually, they know. They start it's ordering extra like, food all friends, yeah. for you guys. <laughs> That's what I think about. I'm like, Or the taco did- place. Like, we used to go to the taco place and get a bunch of tacos. And finally, they're like, can you call ahead? That's so wild. I think about the logistics of a family that size. And I'm just so impressed. Looking back, I'm like, wow. Like, having kids, three boys of our own now. I'm like, how did my parents do it? You know, because mm-hmm. they have so many kids trying to keep everything afloat and then yeah as we got older i think it just kind of it did evolve into all of us carrying a lot of the weight like teamwork just Mm. somebody's in charge of uh, lunch and preparing Mm. dinner and breakfast whatever because you had to also correct me if i'm wrong but as a teenager you almost had to play mom for your younger siblings right and yeah help raise them and wake up with them in the night if they woke up and they were crying because there's no way that your mom could have taking care of all 19 kids right yeah so we had a buddy system where an older child would be paired with a younger sibling or two or three and that way 
at home, we nobody slipped through the cracks. There was always somebody knowing like um, making sure this one got lunch and this one got their diaper changed. And um, not that my parents wouldn't change the diapers or mm-hmm. whatever. Like they they were always changing. Both my parents were always changing diapers too. But like, especially when we were out and about, we had to help make sure that nobody got left anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I never changed a diaper until I was 26. Yeah, and Really? <laughs> when did you change your first diaper? How old were you? Uh, Probably like six or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, 20 year difference when we first changed our first diapers. I got diapers. my first buddy whenever I was about six. And you were yeah. 26? A baby when you were six? Yeah, I got my first like buddy baby like, to take help care take care of. Mm-hmm. Not as much as I would have later. Like I didn't do quite Your as much as I would Your children you took care of more. Did probably. you wake up in the night with them? No, I didn't. I wasn't to that level. There's, you know, different levels. <laughs> That's so wild. But my mom actually like during the night, she would keep like the itty bitty babies with her in her room. And then even during the night, like if we woke up with a kid, um, like they would help. My mom was very, she's just that nurturing personality. Mm-hmm. So she was very involved, like up through the night and everything with the kids. Like if somebody's sick, it's her dealing with them. It's not us. But you didn't have um, your own bed though for a while. We had our own beds. We just, the babe, the kids always piled in with us. Well, too. I meant like Aww. you yeah. didn't sleep by yourself. You didn't I didn't like to sleep by myself. Like I always had one or two in bed with me. <laughs> and <laughs> Derek, on the other hand, like he, I never shared a room married, until I was in my 20s. He's like, yeah. I never even shared a room until I was in college. <laughs> and then I was like, uh-huh. I always had somebody in bed with me. So I'm like, I don't know what to do if there's nobody in bed with me. Because you had That's how many wild. siblings, Derek? I had one. One. Yeah. Okay. One younger one brother. Younger brother. He's 33. <laughs> That's so. so you should be like, I just had one or two. Like, literally, <laughs> children sleeping. Like, you know, like, That's like sweet. you guys probably now with yeah. your littles. Just I remember reading in your book that you, you kept crock pots in the car with you when you yes. go places to have food ready on the go. Cause I, I guess there's just no way to afford fast food or takeout when you have that many children um and your and your mom's staying home so it's not like your mom was working outside of the home yeah so we must- took like so if we were going to music lessons we would take a crock pot with chili and go <laughs> yeah to music so lessons because we might be there all day you know yeah. for these once a month um group lesson times and when you were young like were you guys <laughs> young was and it, poor yeah were you poor basically <laughs> like with that many children or was it just really hard to pay the bills because I can yeah. imagine that many children under one roof that the expenses must have been astronomical, you know? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't balancing the budget with my parents, but I did know that there were times before the show where things were very tight and my parents would say, hey, we need to pray for this or that. Um, well, you told me about a time one time we sold where, this property. Yeah. You told me about it one time where you put your, your blanket in the freezer so that whenever you went to bed, you'd be cool without AC. Yeah, like when we moved, um, we were staying in a rental house. This was after the show had started, but before the series started, um, our AC went out in this rental house and it was just really hot. So my sisters and I like stuck our uh, our sheets and pillowcases, I think, or pillows in Walmart sacks in the freezer, in the deep freeze, just to cool them down. So that way, whenever we got in bed, then we'd feel cooled down. And then when we moved into our big house that like we all helped mm-hmm. build and the show was helping some, but again, it was right around the time that the bigger series started. Mm-hmm. We didn't have AC that whole first summer that we lived in the house. We didn't even have water, running water for two weeks when we moved into the house. Like we had an outhouse, like a, like a, <laughs> 
a porta potty outside that like we had to go and use for two weeks because of the overlap of when we were wrapping up they want the show wanted us to like move in and film this moving scene and you know like building a house construction it just everything takes longer yeah so it wasn't even finished when we moved in and so yeah that first summer we didn't even have ac and then some a family friend like they bought window units um when they were like, you don't have AC. And they came to visit and they were hot and stuff and they were really sweet. They bought us like window units for each of the bedrooms, three bedrooms. And then we finally got the AC because it's a big expense. This episode of the Unplanned Podcast is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Early on in parenthood, we bought the off-brand diapers and we had blowouts galore. It felt like we were constantly cleaning onesies because there's poop on everything. And that's when we decided, let's spend a little bit more, get nicer diapers, not the cheapest kind. And we got Huggies and... It really helped with the blowouts. Oh my gosh. And I think it's because of the fit of the Huggies Little Movers. Yes. It fits the baby's bum perfectly, so there cannot be leakage. I literally just got some Huggies two days ago for Griffin because he ran out of overnight diapers, and so I got the Huggies overnights. It just makes sense because Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes and their tushies do too. Yep. So their diapers should as well. And Huggies knows that because they're the best fitting diaper and their little movers with its curved and stretchy fit. Think about all the money that you save from not having to like run your washing machine all the time to clean out poop from onesies. Also, all the, the cleaning agents you have to use to get the poop out of the onesie. I don't know. It's nice. It saves you time. It saves you money. So I think it's just worth it to get a better diaper like Huggies so you don't have to deal with all of that. Yeah. They also offer up to 12-hour protection against leaks, which is a game changer, yes. especially when your baby starts to sleep longer stretches in the night. You do not want something like a wet diaper, no, uncomfortable diaper, leaking diaper. And then they get diaper Rash. Diaper rash is so it's, sad. It's so you sad. You don't want to deal with that. So get yourself some Huggies. Get your baby's butt into Huggies Best Fitting Diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. Back to the episode. My goodness. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So they helped. I'm sorry. They helped pay for the house a little bit. TLC, TLC did. would cover like, for example, like there might be an interior designer who comes to like film this. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, the house is all finished or whatever. Like we're yeah. moving in. And so they come and stage it with all of their things. And then I remember that we got to pick a certain number of decorations to keep and the rest went back to the shop. Like, no way. Yeah. That's just like how they would like they would stage what? the house. And then and then there's like a furniture company that might give furniture and somebody might give a piano because it's a it's um what do they call it? Product like organic placement. product placement. So there might be product placements that you get things and then and I don't them? know behind the scenes like how much financially it was being like, oh, we're going to cover construction or whatever. the construction of this or that. Like, I don't know all those numbers, but at the time I'm just like, oh yeah, we get this or that. And, and then, but yeah, with the decorations and all that, I do remember them saying like, okay, pick however many things and That's then we're sad. taking the rest back or you can buy them there was an option but they're you know it's like designer really pricey. so yes. expensive yes but like we got to help we got to pick out our beds i do remember that like Neat. there was a magazine and somebody was sponsoring whatever so we got to pick out new beds and we we're like oh this is fun that's cool so you know at some point along the way with the show's progression you guys meet that you know and it was all it was all televised it was all on tv yeah derek how did that make you feel to be meeting this girl or courting this girl and it's all it's all being recorded yeah like going into it, i didn't know how it would work out because um i was i remember 
I was on the top of this like really basic hotel in Top Lejeune, Nepal, and just basically concrete building on the roof of it. After we got back from like a long, long trek in the Himalayas and like talking to her dad, um, and he was like, so um, like we would like to bring some of the film crew along. Um, that's how we're going to be able to do this. And later I learned he had told you like, we're not gonna be able to go unless we bring the film crew along. Um, and I was like, well, that's just kind of the way our life was at the time. Mm. It was just, just, it was very much like, it was different for me, but it was more, it was different for me, but it was, you were more used to it. But, um, we were kind of going around Kathmandu, Nepal. And I remember, um, I think your dad or said, Oh, is this, so this is kind of like what you do every day. This is like your day to day life. And I was like, no, I've actually never been to this part of the city. This is like a tourist attraction. And I <laughs> like, like I have two weeks of vacation a year and yeah. I had to take a week of vacation for this time. Uh, and this and now is, you're filming it. Yeah. And this is like nothing to do with like what I would normally do. But he's just doing. trying to make small talk and everything. Yeah. And it's yeah just I mean, like, you're just trying yeah. to make small but talk. But no, this, I don't want people think like, it's just like awkward. Like I don't yeah. want people thinking I'm just tourist that all I'm just the time touring every Kathmandu day. every day and like this is my but life the last no. two years you're like, like this is great but this no is great, but I'm having to take vacation time yeah. for it and it's going to count against like there the were things time. like that where not just my dad but like people in general with the filming side uh-huh. of things and it being very much like reality show so like it's your life to some degree but it's not very re- realistic mm-hmm in other aspects and counting the cost in our book we go into more detail talking about how when jill came to nepal it was the goodbye was like scripted <laughs> like whenever she went back to the airport yeah like when we um got in the taxi and she's like i'll pretend to cry and you know and she's going back home to arkansas basically the film crew could only stay for one week yeah we wanted to have at least two weeks together and so taxi like, driver well, was we have completely to film confused. this goodbye scene. <laughs> taxi driver, like, taxi driver's completely confused. Like, not only is this weird, like, but this is weird. Why did you hire me not to take you anywhere? Like, not only is this a weird situation, not only is this a weird situation in America, but this would be weird, you know, because we're in a different country. Especially and, Nepal. Like, you call, like, you're a taxi driver in, in South Asia. So you, you get a call and then like, okay, we need to go to the airport. But he's like, well, we're not really going to go to the airport. And he's like, okay. And he's like, he didn't really understand it. Like, he drives off like, okay, stop. Now just take her back. Okay, now it's done. You can go. He's like, that was weird. Oh, here's a question I actually have about reality <laughs> TV. a good tip. Are they, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. are they like paying these people for their film time or is it just kind of volunteer? Like, hey, we want to record you for a reality TV show. I mean, the DLC. taxi driver got like paid probably for, for his, his job. Tax, yeah, for his they job. They probably got a good tip. Okay. Good tip, yeah. That, that's at least good. But they but, wouldn't pay like if our friends were on TV, like they're not paying them to come to a birthday party or Got something that makes or sense. paying them. But even then I feel like sometimes the friends might get gypped a little if they are like very much a part of whatever is happening. Okay. And then there's no, they like, pay us for our birth. Like there's demands it. that are being made. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, we need you to do this or that. And uh, then it's like, sometimes like, they would expect people to kind of just, and that kind of goes into the book too about, like about the lack whatever's of commu- happening. Yeah. That kind of goes and we go into that in the book too, about the lack yeah. of communication was, a lot of things could be solved just by like better communication and better yes. expectations or like thereof. I think yeah. whenever some people would come into the whole filming world, friends, whatever, and some people might be more like starry eyed, like, oh my goodness, this is so exciting. Like, mm-hmm. whatever you want, I'll be there to help. And that's those where kind of people, like, that might be great for, for accomplishing whatever needs to go down with filming. But then I hated to see other times when people, 
unintentionally would get like taken advantage of. Mm. That's that what you're talking about. Steamrolled basically whenever it's like, yeah. after a while of doing this. And again, I'm not saying it was intentional, but just like, because of the way things have been, it's almost like, why would you not want to be on reality TV? It's like, well, then you should be okay doing whatever requests mm-hmm. we have you making yeah. instead of asking that person. Mm-hmm. But that hap- is there like a specific example you can think of of that like happening? The first few years of our marriage. You guys were like working full time or I guess initially you guys were missionaries uh, in South America, but you're, you're, working and and in addition to all that you're doing 40 hours a week of filming right that's that's what your life was like yeah so when we first got married um well in our early relationship Derek was working in Nepal and then when we got married right before we got married in our first like year and a half of marriage okay he was working um for like from the time Walmart corporate yeah from the time hours a week uh, about a month before we got engaged until after our first son was born, I was working 40 hours a week, um, as a tax accountant at Walmart headquarters. Um, so yeah, during that whole, like the progression of our relationship, engagement, marriage, early marriage relationship, birth of our first son, like all that was working full time and we didn't get a dime from filming or anything. Wow. If they filmed like, and again, it was like 20 hours a week, probably just exhausting. And you've got to cram it all into evenings and weekends you don't really have any time together outside yeah. of that as a couple i mean there were perks to yeah, filming yeah. like yeah. this or that get whatever but and you felt obligated yeah. to do that because of your parents and because of i think talked about in the book but just this view of the show uh, of being a ministry ministry so you thought mm-hmm. okay even though this is taking a lot of time out of my day in addition to my actual job i'm gonna do it because i view this as a ministry yeah it was a couple things i feel like so like we talk about in the book it it was definitely this idea of it being a family ministry, which I feel like anybody who's been in kind of this family ministry role, a PK, like a preacher kid or a missionary's kid or whatever Mm -hmm. kind of ministry your family might be involved in, those kinds of things, like you might have a hard time with that gray area of boundaries and Mm -hmm. kind of finding out who you are. Um, And then on top of that, this culture that I came from where you're just this persistent, you're, you're treated almost like a persistent teenager, like forever. Like you just yeah. kind of, there's not really this like perpetual adolescence, basically yeah, like yeah. never like, really growing like out of that. You mature phase. quickly, but then you kind of like stay in this, in this idea of um, like, yeah, just perpetually under your parents' authority and all that. So there's not really this point where you break away. So that combined with, just um it almost being this family business thing but not really having control and say so so even later when we started seeing a therapist it was really interesting to us where he could relate to us on some fronts because he said that he grew up in a farming family and a dairy farm so he said that it was very hard to kind of sort that out with his siblings and the whole family on the business side of things. And I've heard that like with family businesses and it getting a little hairy. Mm -hmm. We didn't even have an expectation of payment until we realized that we didn't have control. Like it was like years after years into our marriage where where we were making the transition. We're like, okay, we were glad to have helped the family for a little bit. And we were like moving to make the transition out. And they're like, Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to go out. Like you're, I'm sorry. That's not an option. Again, it goes back to that whole culture. Yeah. 
like but, family culture thing, like almost like a family farm. Like, no, okay. you can't leave the family farm. Like, who's going to take care of it? This is supposed to stay in the family. Mm-hmm. This is our ministry. This is our family, whatever. Like, like you're not allowed that, to. Like, it's kind of this like and idea. Then, but then once we realize we're like, well, if we're not allowed to, then like we are giving up something. So we want to at least see something in return. Yeah. If That's more than fair. Yeah. <laughs> if, if we're being required to do it and not like we were fine before it was just like, as we're able to, we'll do as much as we can without that expectation. But once we find out that there's a requirement, then that's going to change things. Then we're get, we need to sit down at the table at that point. I know. And then it, yeah, there we wasn't that ability that to do that a lot. So you know, counting yeah. the cost. But. Obviously, your family was different because you were on reality TV. But was this same thing that you were dealing with similar to what other IBLP families had in place, where you were a perpe- like a perpetual teenager, essentially always under your parents' authority? had to obey them even when you're 25 because I think you were 25 well, when you guys were recording. Yes. Your own family. Yeah, and you have your yeah. own family, your own kids. I think that that was very much part of this IBLP culture. They had these seven basic principles and I think the the main pillar was this principle of authority where okay. it's almost like this umbrella of protection they talk mm-hmm. about where you have God and then you have like the parents and the government and like the kids under that and just like this ranking system and if you're not abiding by your parents authority forever then you're getting out from under their blessing and if you're out from under their blessing then you're opening yourself up to like evil and bad things happening getting in a car crash could be as a result of not obeying your parents even far into adulthood what about the boys though what about the like the men once your brothers grew up and they were adults was it the same for them or were they treated differently it was but it was different like it was it was the same in the way that they were expected to get blessing um for decisions especially major decisions like buying a house um they had to get a blessing to buy a house from your dad yeah like you it would it would be looked down upon if you did not get your parents blessing in any major life event so like to date someone to for sure to marry somebody but like if you were going to stop having kids you should probably like get their insight on that and Mm -hmm. like just everything it, it like if you were to go against the grain on anything like the fact that I started wearing pants whenever I grew up wearing skirts all the time like was a big deal. This episode is sponsored by ShipStation. I know that there are a lot of small business owners out there probably listening to this very podcast and I have something that is really going to help you with your new business in the new year. The new year is a great time to grow your business but if you're stuck in the trenches of daily tasks like managing order fulfillment you're not able to focus on what really matters which is increasing sales. Now what ShipStation does is it easily automates your shipping tasks and helps you manage orders and one simple dashboard so say you're getting orders from ebay and etsy and i don't know what's other places people order things walmart sure say you have all these different websites that your product is being sold on ShipStation will aggregate all of those into one simple dashboard like i said so you can print off the shipping labels in one place and it doesn't just make your life easier it also Saves you money That's because right. ShipStation saves you up to 89% off of UPS and USPS rates. Yes, it will be a great way to blow up your business in the new year or make things more streamlined and easier for you to manage. Make this year your most profitable one yet with ShipStation. Use promo code UNPLANNED today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 30-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code UNPLANNED. Back to the episode. I was in their 
eyes, mm-hmm. making decisions that could, would potentially be harmful to me and were so big and counter their cultural, mm-hmm. countercultural, <laughs> um, yeah. that I was, I mean, I would say, I would go so far as to say like in their view, jeopardizing my salvation at that point. And like really the reality TV just poured gasoline on the fire that was already there. Like, because that mm-hmm. would have been the case, I think, and Jill and I've talked about this, like with or without the reality mm-hmm. show, this control issue would have been a thing, but it just blew everything out of proportion with like, well now if the patriarch has more money, there's more control and there's more things you can hold over somebody. When did you notice that your dad ended up putting the show above the family? It's hard to pinpoint like one time because it did evolve. It was very much in a evolution, but it was still always very much like we talk about in the book where there's this whole like it's a ministry, but it's also a financial business decision mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So you can play to whichever side you want. Like 95% sure the show would not have persisted as long as it did. If you, if as each adult sibling became an adult and said, I would rather not do filming. And if none of the adults wanted to do filming, it would just, it, would, we also it wouldn't did, have persisted that We long. also didn't have the freedom to make that guilt-free decision either. You might be presented with like a pseudo decision choice whatever Mm -hmm. but then there's still this like but we kind of expect this to be in our good graces type thing which i think other people can relate to as well like every family's gonna have their family dynamics Mm -hmm. and it might not look exactly like ours but in this situation there wasn't even a a pseudo choice it was just like here's where you you need to be here hopefully you have it yeah hopefully you're like we have a contract so going through that living through that being the guinea pig because i think yes your show was one of the first big reality TV shows, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like, it was part especially of like a core group of, yeah, like Little People, Big World, John and Kate Plus Eight. Yes. And, then, and yeah, so many others and, followed because it did so well. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure made TLC a ton of money and made your parents a ton of money. But I'm, I'm so curious too, now with the rise of social media, mm-hmm. we're seeing now people vlogging with their kids. And I'm so curious what your take is on that too. I think... For parents nowadays with social media and just involving your kids, you have to reevaluate what's best for y'all, like what's best for your kids. Think about their long term, Mm -hmm. like what's going to be good for them. And even if they're okay with it, is it good for them? It's kind of like giving your kid a phone. Like, are they are they okay with it because they like it? And then later, like it could be harmful. Like at what Mm -hmm. age is that okay? Every family is going to be different. And so, and then with, with the work or whatever, like at what point do I need to take a step back or what point do we reevaluate and say, okay, maybe we're involving them a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. It's hard. There's not like a, to, like, there's not like a firm line. I don't like, reevaluate, uh-huh. like whether it's that's every six months, yeah. every year, like have a real honest sit down discussion, say, do we so we've that? done that. Like we aren't, <laughs> yeah, I noticed you we guys, don't have it all figured out. You don't, but, I noticed that you guys stopped showing your kids on social media. I was, I was looking yeah. through your Instagrams and saw that you used to. And then I think like two years ago, I think yeah. around there, you stopped showing your kids. So I'm guessing you guys made that decision. You didn't want to, I just, yeah, like, it was more like I was talking to Derek and I was like, I just don't know how I feel about like, as we were going through therapy and just processing all of the things that we've kind of lived growing like me growing up on reality tv and kind of my life very vulnerable moments being pressed 
to show those. Um, and then everybody, you know how it is. Like people are so involved in your lives and like paparazzi that then they want more and more and more and more and more. And they want to know. And if yep. you don't post, then they're like, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. Are you sick? Are you dying? Like whatever, you know, it's just like this constant mm-hmm. thing. I mm-hmm. can't believe that. Yeah. Your, your birth, your wedding, everything at the time of all that being filmed, you didn't get any sort of financial gain from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the time, did you feel like you were, I guess, a, a, a pawn in a way? Did you almost feel as if like, okay, this is the good story that the network wants to show and this is a ministry, so I, I have to do this. I have mm-hmm. to do this for my family, even though I'm not really gaining anything from it. That was it. a struggle in our marriage early on, and I respected our marriage over what I felt we should do because I don't want to like you know golly. i think if he had come down too hard if too I, quick yeah, then i, I would have like, been really bad this is ridiculous mm. we're doing this or whatever and it's to destroy our marriage i'm like i really think this should happen but like i'm gonna wait until we're at a good point in our marriage like because okay. i value our marriage more than i than i value like money by golly we're yeah. gonna do yeah. this or something <laughs> like we're gonna not do this at all we're gonna uh require whatever this or this is, or yeah. that you were probably thinking okay the show's jill and jessa counting on um i've and, and, and you know the the birth, the wedding, all that televised, all of it. You know, biggest biggest moment of the story, biggest point of the season, over four like million surely viewers. Surely, at some point, we're gonna see. You and you're that. like, yeah, I think at surely. At why point. are we not being paid a dime? It's just such an yeah. interesting dynamic because it's not like you can go to like the producers necessarily. Your point of contact is your own father, mm-hmm. and you have this culture of IBLP or like thing, it's just yeah. so multifaceted. It's just. It enabled I, the behavior. Yeah. And yeah. enabled It's all the, feeding itself. Yeah. I feel like a big tool of control is to like isolate people. And, mm. and the more Jill told me that growing up, the more I was like, yes, that makes total sense. Where it's like her dad if would If you can isolate her dad someone, would say, yeah, her you can dad control would, them. Yeah. Her dad would say, like, don't talk about like finances or the show with any other people because mm. they wouldn't understand. Mm. Like, they don't do reality TV. So you just need to like, you know, basically put you in a bubble and like trying to put a wall between you and other people. Something that you touched on, not to do like a hard 180, but something that we talked about earlier was your guys' courtship. And I think a lot of our viewers would probably be interested in that. Oh, yeah. Regarding, we talk about relationships a lot. And I don't think that I, like, I kind of know what courtships look like, but if you kind of want to like detail what that looked like, I'm very curious. Yeah. So courtships in the world I grew up in, um, because I grew up in this um, IBLP culture, was a lot different even than even though Derek grew up in a Christian home with one brother and all that like even his view of like dating slash I don't think you had ever heard of courting other than your grandparents being like I court my grandparents your called that it truck, courting but everyone you know? called it courting in the 50s but, but yeah, yeah. His, view, his understanding They're of still it making a lot different out in the car and I'm yeah, <laughs> sorry uh, no probably I, don't have <laughs> I think your grandparents called it parking I asked them on our podcast I was like what that's so what funny. was parking they didn't want yeah, you want to go they, park? they're like no comment <laughs> that's <laughs> cute <laughs> that's funny yeah so courtship in my family growing up was understood to be like, you must get the parents permission and blessing. If you don't have that, like no go at all. Like you don't date the person. You don't get to know the person on that level at all. Um, it's like rebellious and unchristian of you to do that. So courtship, you must have parents approval on both sides, like his and hers. And then, um, they have to also be very involved in the relationship, like helping you make sure you're making the best decisions for both of you. Like what are your boundaries? What are your rules? Like what are your standards? Are you 
um, like they want to know what that is, like whether or not they're the ones telling you what to do, which a lot of these families, they would be kind of going down the list with you. Oh, you should not do this or that. Like no kissing, no hand holding until whatever engagement, no, whatever that might look like. Engagement would have rule, rules that are different than the dating slash courtship phase slash pre-courtship. <laughs> um, and then uh, I'm like laughing pre, pre, pre. because <laughs> there's this whole, with reality TV, I could go on you add those, that those. to it and it's like you have to have a pre-pre-courtship. Pre-pre? Well, yes. pre-pre-pre if you're really young. hold up, hold up. I was like, at some so, point, it's the same as like any other high school dating. It's like, because this you is have pre, to pre, get to know the person you're 15. When you're in a reality TV show or you're in the spotlight or whatever, you don't want to like get to know the person for the first time on TV. Because what if you don't work out? Yeah. So you kind of have to do this secret like pre-pre-courtship. And then you can have your pre-courtship <laughs> On we need a diagram. We need a diagram on camera. Pre courtship. <laughs> you can have your pre courtship on camera where you're kind of getting to know them, but you kind of already know. Like maybe you're gonna work out, and or then we're just friends. No, just friends, this isn't just friends. But we're committed friends, and then you have <laughs> committed friends. And then you have, <laughs> and then you have like the official ask. But we had to like involve the cameras and all of that. But I wouldn't even tell the producers until I had an idea that I was gonna like go okay. further but anyways all that to and, say courtship's very involved with like parents and their blessing okay and no usually it involves limited physical contact chaperones on dates those types of things varying degrees within families like as no, to what that no looks dating like without any like you cannot go on a date just the two of you That's no not allowed. no but it was, not usually <laughs> unless you're like 30 years old maybe you're maybe at 30 you can go on one which is funny you. to me because i'm like very much about like you know, because maybe you're mature enough to not like as a lawyer, like you so. want to find a rule. Like, what is the rule? Like, why 30? Why not 25? If you're mature, like, what's the difference? And like, if you're 25, like you have, um, I love her brother, James. He was our chaperone most of the time. But <laughs> you paid him with skills. I love James, but he's, oh I love James, but he was like 13 at the time and I could give him skittles and I was like 25 and I was like, He's the one keeping us accountable for that what we're supposed hilarious. to do or not do. And he's You're like, my brother has to come did with you. Did you guys keep like a foot between you? No, I'm just kidding. Like, six inch like, rule. Actually, there was a six yes, inch rule. Yes, kind of, yeah. yeah. Like you couldn't. So I could mean, you sit next to each other, but only with a six inch space? Pretty much, yeah. Really? And could you hold hands? Not until we were engaged. <laughs> and allowed to. Whoa. And we didn't kiss until our wedding day. Wow, yeah. yeah. And which was on te national yeah. You're like, how well, do I do? Did you have yeah. to have someone teach you how to kiss? Because that's... I mean, stressful. So Go for actually, the lips, right? No, but that was your actual first kiss was on yeah. national television. Yeah. Wow. From every angle. And then they like analyze it. The first actually. That's so much When pressure. I first watched our wedding show, I cried and I called the producer and like chewed him out. I was like, no. It was Why? terrible. What? It was terrible. What did they, they do? Like, Not because okay. she's a diva, but because the whole thing no, about like. My just, wedding was great. It was yeah. the show, like the editing and everything. Mm. They were like trying to make it look like i don't know they were trying to like play up different aspects of it where okay. they're like rating our kiss and like having all my sibling siblings give commentary on it and like but especially just, when especially when like that's this your wedding is, day like, yeah. yeah i was it's like make day, it like, about the wedding day it's like, like shut up this like, is like give me a break plus okay the poor producer though yeah. the poor producer though he he is a great friend like i'd known these people since i was 12 you know so i'm like I know them all. We 
hang out with each other and their kids and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I can shoot straight. But most of the time I was a very passive person. But when I was, <laughs> when I watched the wedding episode, I was pregnant. I, I had been sick with mono for like two weeks. I couldn't even swallow water. You know, I'm like, and then they send me this wedding show and I watch it and I was like, you feel completely taken advantage of. Not You're like, only did they using... hear from me, but they, they got it off an earful because I was like, hormones like yeah. oh they'll do something to oh you. yeah this episode is sponsored by better help i feel like in the new year there's a lot of pressure to create a whole new list of resolutions and like completely revamp your life and that can be really overwhelming i mean as i was creating my own list of resolutions i was like there's some things i'm actually i'm pretty proud of like for instance i didn't make any health related goals in 2024 because i feel like i'm happy where i'm at right now i go to the gym frequently yeah, you've you've inspired me to make goals that don't just revolve around business because I always think about what's a business goal for this next year and rather maybe it's like, hey, what's a goal for the betterment of my well-being? Maybe it's my physical health. Maybe it's my mental health because mm-hmm. those things are actually really important. And they impact every other area of your life, yes. including your business. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. And therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make Make changes that really stick. I think therapy is a great resolution to add to your life if you haven't already started for 2024. 100%. And I, again, just echoing what I said before, rather than thinking, oh, I'm going to go to the gym X amount of times in the new year, maybe a goal for the new year is I'm going to start going to therapy. I'm going to start meditating. I'm going to start prioritizing my mental health. Of course. And BetterHelp is probably the most convenient way to get into therapy because it's entirely online. It's convenient and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire online and they'll match you with a licensed therapist. And the great thing is that if it doesn't work out for whatever reason with that therapist, you can switch to another licensed therapist with no additional fee. You're pretty much guaranteed to find a good fit for you. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash unplanned podcast today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E, lp.com slash unplanned podcast now back to the episode was that your first kiss too derek with no. her yeah oh okay <laughs> oh so, y- so yeah that was my follow-up question what are your current views on courtship like is that something you would encourage your sons to do or I, a different version yeah. yeah i mean i don't i think okay so when we got married, we, we went to this marriage seminar thing and they had some really good advice actually from this, um, they, they talked about taking things from your upbringing and mm-hmm. kind of like taking a, it yeah. and- Like yeah. as a married couple, you've got two fa- families of origin, mm-hmm. like the, the new husband, the new yeah, wife. explain it better. Well, <laughs> I'm just trying to kind of simplify it, but yes. I'm just thinking like, and there's certain things you want to accept from either side of your family, certain things you want to reject from either side of your family, and then certain things you- can recycle and make your own mm-hmm. and then so like you're coming in you're building your own family culture like because you have the way you grew up and then the other spouse is the way they grew up mm. and then like will become your own identity what things do you like about each of your backgrounds what things do you not like and then what things do you kind of like but you don't like the way it was done kind of recycle it make it your own mm. so like that, that being said when our kids are in their mid-20s we're probably not going to have the same level of control in their lives they're probably not going to be like working for us living under our roof all of the things that we like i was doing you weren't but building a house you know 
Yeah, like it's mm-hmm. probably going to look a whole lot different. And then on top of that, I'm not going to be telling them you have to do this, this, this. Okay. Now, I think that we will have a lot of say so as they're growing to adulthood. Like what what should relationships look like? What should this dating experience be? I'm not just going to be like hands off completely as they're maturing. Like I think we when they're under our roof, like we're going to have some pretty strict rules. We're not just going to let them like you know, mm-hmm. sleep around at home or yeah. something. Yeah. But I think that it will not be as strict. And it was the day before your wedding, right, that you guys signed the contract that effectively said, I have to give away, like, I have to be able to film for the next five years if if the show needs it, essentially. I signed it. I never, never signed it. You never yeah. signed it. Uh-uh. So you were just kind of, you were doing it just to be a was, good son in law. Just be a good son in law. No, he didn't even yeah. know it existed. I didn't know it existed. Well, well, you, you didn't really, didn't really know what it was, I didn't know what right? it was. Yeah, I was, I was lied to, basically. Like, I didn't know what I was signing. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know that I'd signed anything because it wasn't in my mind. And I took that off work of that day. I must even... have been at the bathroom or something. Yeah. And it's like, quick sign this while your future husband's in the bathroom. What did they tell you that you were that you were signing? Like, what? Yeah, what did they it's say? It's just about how you're going to get paid. For all I knew, it could have been like something to do with like taxes in the show. Like, okay. I don't know. And I was naive, like to think, oh, I need to know about this. I mean, uh-huh. I knew it was something to do with the show and when i asked it was just like oh this is just about how you're gonna get paid and I was which like, is that whatever. you're not until like, we whatever. die so this is like the day of my <laughs> rehearsal so and yeah. like i'm moving out and like yeah like you'll get an inheritance someday like, okay but that's different than like agreeing to be bound by something you don't uh-huh. have to do that to get your inheritance was that yeah. was that contract with mad family inc mm-hmm so literally your parents, it wasn't even involving TLC. It was a contract with your parents. Well, it was with them, but it was like obligating, like my dad, on. my dad was like obligating the services the of talent all these other talent to be available to TLC. Talent being okay. all so of was her siblings. TLC, yeah. but my dad, if, if the contract was broken, he's the one that would. Take the fall for it. Yeah, take the fall for it. And who do you think is most at fault with that whole situation? Because obviously you have TLC over here who is only communicating with your dad, even though there's adults, you being I thought about that reading your book. I was like, I wonder why TLC isn't directly going to you. When it's Jill and Jessa counting on. Because it's easier to deal with like one person than it is to deal Mm -hmm. with 20. So I assume that if they think, oh, you know, yeah, sure. And, like if everybody's my, yeah. cool with it this way, they're not. As long as they get the signatures that they need, then they don't have to worry about and whatever. That- and they're just. It, it. I think honestly, in this culture too, it's just kind of like what I la la la. Like what I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like my, even if they get yeah. air wind of things, like it's probably just like what I don't know. Doesn't you know? In fact, uh, I don't know. I can't speak for them, but I would say that if they had questions about how's this all going down or how's it all working out, shaking out, then they probably, as long as their part of things is working fine and the show's doing fine, they're probably like, let's just ride this out until mm-hmm. In my legal but opinion, they, they did knew. not do their due, their due diligence. Yeah. So in your book, you talk about getting this random <clears throat> IRS document and then you realize, wait a second, my parents have been saying that they've been paying me out money for x amount of years and you with your accounting background went and did some digging and figured out the exact amount that they had claimed i guess to paid you um to have paid you and so it was it at that point where since you were going back to school so many things were happening you were 
on paper it was shown that you were paid this money so you just decided hey i think we should deserve to be paid what was recorded for the irs you know yeah i think it was a a, several things over overall like the biggest takeaway for us was just that there were things being uh continually hidden like we would hit a roadblock and then her dad because he was over mad family inc um, Jim Bob would basically kind of make it look like he's coming forth and being like, I'm sorry, this is how it was. Like you figured this out. Um, like we didn't mean this or whatever. We really weren't trying to do anything intentionally. Um, sorry. And then move on. There'd be something else we'd hit. And it's like, no, there's this other thing. Mm. And then it's like, well, there's if it was lack of transparency, there's no transparency. Cause it's almost like it's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission. And yeah. once like, we bring something up that we're um, should have been made aware of yeah, and that's harmed us. It's not, it's not like, Oh, well, sorry, we didn't even think about this. Like we, there's this other stuff too. And like, if you need to um, make a decision based on this other information too, then by all means, like we, we really didn't mean to like keep this from you versus like, Oh no, like they figured out, not figured out, but like they're aware of this. We're not going to, we're going to like dig our heels in and not reveal any other information that it's, could affect your lives. Basically it's a lot easier to fess up when you've been caught in it versus yeah. just like going above and beyond to just be transparent mm-hmm. and say, here's where it's at. Here's what's happening. Like, I'm sorry I did this, but here's this also. And you can only claim that ignorance side of it or accidental oversight so many times Mm -hmm. and so for us when we found when we got this tax document in the mail and then you know we're finding out different things we're finally like hey like we've been screwed over this is not okay Mm -hmm. here's your opportunity to like prove it to us like prove to us that you want to do what's right and because like there are consequences for mistakes so like okay if it's a mistake normally if it's a mistake you would then come back and be like i'm so sorry let me make it right yeah so make it right like here's Mm -hmm. what we're offering we felt like it was a very like clear cut like we laid it out clearly like here's we didn't feel like it was unfair unjustified Mm -hmm. and so when we made the the proposal okay if we felt like it was a matter of we knew it was not fair like we knew it wasn't about fairness Mm -hmm. but it's not about fairness it's about principle at this point i'm saying fair on the side of like it wasn't unfair to ask for this it was not just it was not the the reasonable fair amount it was less than that that we were asking for but it was the principle of the thing like okay you say that you've changed you say that that you want to make things right what can you do you're asking us what can i do to make this right i feel like there's a wall between us type thing like how can i make this right and we're like here's a tangible like numbers speak so here's a tangible number you can fix this here's the error fix it like derek's working in accounting you know it's like you hadn't even seen the contract yet right at that point you weren't even aware of what you signed these numbers derek's you know getting ready to go to law school and or in law school and and a lot of times like scholarships are based on income and there's been this income that's been reported in previous years Mm. that's not reflecting what our true income is what we've actually seen we don't know where those checks went so like we're just like okay, prove to us by your actions that what your words are, what you're saying with your words is true. And like, I I would not be, I would not be surprised because of like what we share in this book that after our book counting the cost, if Jim Bob Duggar gets another, or if mad family Inc specifically gets another audit 
and oh really because of, yeah and gets in that's in not trouble. our goal that's not like, our goal we're not yeah. just like out that's to not people. our goal but like because of just how bad things have gotten <clears throat> like you don't want it to get to that point and you hope things get made right before it gets to that point i think you mentioned too that it was almost like your siblings were almost turned against you it was almost this idea of oh you're a threat you're a threat to the the business and the show um, because the you trust were circle. Yeah. Because you're one of the family members. It's like, there's always been this tight knit, like we bind together. Anything happens. We all go out to the farm and just hunker down and like, don't let the paparazzi find us type thing. So now that it's like somebody inside that circle questioning, then you're like mm. cast out to some degree. Um, I mean, my parents have always, they, they've still wanted to like, you know, come bring Christmas presents or birthday presents and that type of thing, mm -hmm. like have some kind of relationship there. But yes, you get like kind of kicked out or black sheep, you know, <laughs> like Do you think it was feelings. What was the main reason why they weren't paying you what they reported on taxes? Was it because of worrying that your other siblings would then want to be paid out that amount as well? Which then that would, was one thought that okay. was actually expressed verbally to us was like, you know, we can't do this 20 times over and those kinds of things. Yeah. Like just let time, us control it. We know what's best for everybody. It's, again, it goes back to that mentality of like not recognizing the true value that's been given by the people involved, aka your children yeah. who are now adults, like not recognizing that value. And then also just like wanting that persistent control yeah. and leadership of this organization, you know, this this family business thing and just not wanting to but ultimately, let it go a little. Ultimately, okay. like, and I'll get on my soapbox a little bit, like the tax law is meant to make things fair. Not yeah. necessarily, again, people get equal and fair like confused mm -hmm. um but like the tax law is meant to be fair and if you a pet peeve of mine is whenever people it doesn't matter like rich poor whatever it, who want to manipulate that and take advantage of it mm -hmm. and make it reflect something that's not what it was meant to reflect yep. or uh the policy was meant to like push forward and if you're saying on paper oh well you know it's spread out this much and like so we shouldn't have to pay as much taxes but then ultimately I'm still going to get the benefit of controlling all this money, then that's not what that was set in place to do. And it's not fair. This episode is sponsored by Nutrafol. Something about Matt Howard that you may or may not know, he has an insecurity, yes. as we all do. Yes, my hair is very fine. And I took had my brother take a video of my head the other day and it freaked me out. You can kind of see my scalp. I know, I saw that on his camera roll and I was like, Matt, why do you take this picture? He's like, I think I'm losing my hair. <laughs> and um, something else about Matt is that he will not make an appointment to save his <laughs> life. So you're not going to find him in the doctor's office to address hair loss, thinning, shedding. But that's okay because Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, and faster growing hair with less shedding. Yes. I'm experiencing it too, especially postpartum. That's a, like a classic time that your hair likes to just come out on the shower 
wall. I have I've been like, seeing your hair on the shower yeah, wall. Yeah, I'm losing yeah. a lot. And that's why I really need to be more diligent about taking my Nutrafol. The thing about hair thinning is that it's different for men and women. So a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow based on your biology, life stage, and lifestyle factors. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. You purchase online, no prescription like we said, or doctor's visits required. It's free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. So we need that because we are very forgetful people and we are um, both on our Nutrafol grind. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code UNPLANNED. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code UNPLANNED. That's Nutrafol.com promo code UNPLANNED. Back to the episode. Do you still have siblings that are in contract with Mad Family Inc.? To my knowledge, yeah, like as far as I understand, yes. But I okay. again, I, I'm I'm careful with what I speak about my other uh, siblings because I, they like I want to protect our relationship as much as possible too totally. with my siblings. So I am very careful. Even in our book, you you would have seen like that we didn't like label people, even though there were there were hard times that we wanted to address and talk about the dynamics with my siblings and how at times it was not great and there have been some pretty heated conversations even amongst the siblings and us um i am very i I still try to be very careful about just like singling people out and all that because i haven't gone down that road as long with them and they haven't i'm not in the same place with them as I am with where I was with my parents at that time and sorting all that out. Something I really want to commend you on like in writing your book is that it feels like you were very, it, it feels so candid, so truthful, mm-hmm. yet so respectful, even though there was definitely like you've expressed hurt in your relationship with your parents, like the way even you talked about them while sharing the truth, just so much respect and I think it also adds to the credibility of your story too that you're able to see it Mm. with such through such a complex lens and um also yeah just Mm. the even just saying like things you want to take from your childhood into your own parenting um yeah I think that was just very interesting because there are and I think that's Mm -hmm. one thing people people were quick to say like oh you're just like Mm -hmm. when they heard there was going to be a book and then they hadn't read Mm -hmm. it yet Mm -hmm. they would say oh like everybody makes mistakes I'm like yes everyone does or don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. all these different Mm -hmm. like there are things does everybody buckle down and say but I'm right and the mistakes that I made no but I think that's where we we butt heads sometimes with my family Mm -hmm. where they say but this is right um and then there's other times where they're like, they do admit like that they were wrong in something um, or whatever. Well, so like, I'm but like, the roses we, the Lord's analogy. Yeah. So we, we do recognize that you can have the benefits and the negative parts of that story. And it's kind of like roses and thorns. Like you have the beautiful moments, the fun times, the things that filming with the reality TV show brought us traveling. My parents were like great parents overall and yet you have the more negative times and it's okay to not just like look over one or the other Mm -hmm. because of that like you can bring both to the table and say where when it's necessary like this is my story I have positives and negatives and don't have to like silence your story in an effort to just like keep the peace Mm -hmm. and 
So I think it's very valuable to present those things. And again, you don't have to just go and tell your entire story or bash people or whatever, but where it's productive and where it's your story to tell, that's what we're doing. We're telling our story. We're not trying to tell everybody else's story. Unfortunately, it intersects with other Mm -hmm. people's stories at different points, but try to be respectful. and, And like one thing that I would push back on people with who would say like, you know, the fact that someone has these positive aspects of their life, uh, bars you from being able to tell your story, uh, because, because they did these good things and they couldn't have done anything bad is like, I mean, think about if our society operated that way, like with, um, like people like Al Capone, as long as it's like, uh, mob mobster, <laughs> this is an extreme example, obviously, yeah, but, but it, it paints it the works. picture, for but it paints the picture. The but picture. basically like if it's a society, if you're like, Oh, well I know this criminal like I didn't even think they were a criminal like they've done they've always been really nice to me so mm-hmm. you shouldn't punish them look like at all the charities but, yeah. they've like, given to look at all the like, good they've done it's like well I mentioned Al Capone because you know I don't think a lot of people realize he had like soup kitchens and stuff he was helping a lot of people oh really yeah he was helping I didn't know that about helping a lot of people and if someone only knew him in that context they would say you can't send him to jail look at all the good things he's doing he's got uh, soup kitchens he's feeding all these people but it's not about your good outweighing your bad. Like just because you do yeah. good things didn't justify being able to do all these horrible things over here. It's like, well, as long as I can keep doing good things, then that'll check the box and I can continue doing these bad things too. And mm-hmm. with, with added influence comes added weight of responsibility as well. So growing up in reality TV and like promoting these mm-hmm. things, we kind of felt this responsibility also to come in and say, Hey, but here's where I think we got it wrong. Or here's where our story because my family growing up in reality TV advocated for these principles, now we're saying, but here's where maybe it didn't work out so great. You know, like don't take this to the end or you might think this is what is happening and you can just live your life this way and it's all going to work out this way. But just be careful, be aware of these pitfalls. Like Mm -hmm. it's helpful. If and it I'm weren't so for cool. the show and the platform, like we wouldn't have written a book because no one would care. Like, right. so part of that comes with like, you feel like you called to a certain stewardship or a certain way to steward, like the platform you've been given, because like mm-hmm. it would be a difficult road for us as it is for a lot of people who've related to our book, but they don't have the, you know, the platform to be able to share things that could really benefit probably even potentially more people than our book could benefit because they might have like certain lessons that like go even further, but then the platform's not there. So we feel we're not invalidating their story yeah. either and saying not, ours is, no, no, you know, no. whatever. It's but like, I, it's very much, if like, anything, I'm trying to like validate it more by saying like, there's some people who have even more, I mean, a lot more incredible stories yeah, that would help a lot more sure. people. Again, we just felt the responsibility mm-hmm. to, uh-huh. you know, share our story and say, you know, this isn't better. It's not worse. It's just our story. And I'm so curious, have you guys talked to your parents since the release of the book? Yes. I didn't like sit down and have a conversation and say, what do you think about the book? Oh, okay. <laughs> not like, that kind of thing. Did they read it? or I... I've heard that they did. Oh, okay. Um, I heard they like listen to it on audiobook or something. I don't know. I'm I'm just, no, I heard, I heard both of them did, but I don't know. Like, I'm not going to, it's, they're my parents and I'm just, I, I'm going to tread lightly. I also don't want to just like create more controversy. It's kind of like when you get together at the holidays and there are just certain things that you don't like want to just bring up 
Yes. It's probably a sore subject. So I know that they would probably want to sit down with a therapist or something and just hash it out. But we've tried that before and it just is not the healthiest way to go about it. So we're still on the road to figuring things out. But I have seen my, um, have we seen both of my parents? No, I think we've just seen just your mom my mom was the last time that you were all together with your parents was that the birth of your most recent son uh probably trying to think Which I guess like was wait was it months. that or was it a tell. wedding or was it a have there been any weddings since then i can't remember I, I feel like i saw no 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 we saw them at a birthday party oh okay yeah we saw them at a birthday party since then which birthday uh join austin's like one of their kids birthday thing or something or baby announcement or something i don't know some kind of family function thing mm. and do you guys you guys just don't really talk or you kind but of that was not hi? that, that was, was before the book oh that's yeah. before the that book. was over a year ago that oh, was but that was okay. since we had our last baby gotcha yeah. Mm-hmm. since yeah it's been since, since the last, book yeah like mm. was yeah. written but like yeah it was released or something and yeah. your siblings do you see your siblings often yeah like depending on the sibling several of my siblings it just it's still one of those situations where you kind of have to like know like what am i up for emotionally Mm. and because a lot of times derek and i will debrief afterwards like okay like how did this go and and i would be lying if i would say that it's completely like it used to be or there aren't any triggers or it doesn't bring up any trauma at all like there are those moments but i can definitely get together with some of my siblings and just have a great time and go to lunch for my sister's birthdays or something um and everyone's on their own journey hard and that they're at a different place in their journey yeah and this book is for them just as much as it's for other people like maybe if they're 17 and living under their parents roof it's not going to help them right now but maybe it's something that could be a resource for them yeah for later maybe they would be like oh i can relate to your story or whatever um but yeah there are parts of my childhood you know if you get together with if i'm getting together with one of my siblings and things aren't like they used to be there's a part of me that's like sad about that you know because you you're like i wish wish things could be like they were before but at the same time kind of like i talk about in the book it's like would i trade just ignorance is bliss in this pseudo bliss Mm. for where we're at no like i don't want to just go back to like living in this crazy controlling environment we choose freedom even though it's it's harder hard Mm -hmm. and that's why our title of our book counting the cost was so perfect for our Mm -hmm. story because it's not just a one-time thing it's very much like you count the cost daily what you're having to give up like Versus like, not that I'm just like giving up my family yeah, for no, all or yeah. nothing. No, I'm I'm doing. We are doing the hard work now. So yeah. far as it depends on us, we want to live in peace. Continue and, those relationships and continue to press on to have good relationships going forward. But it is a process and it's hard. If you're going to do it right, it's hard. Like, it's not all or nothing. It's not just like giving up the boundaries and walking back into it or holding fast and like saying I'm out of here. Yeah. Like it's if you're going to do it, and we live somewhat close to family, so. If you're going to like take those steps to hopefully yeah. have better relationships, it's, it's hard and, work. And like, yeah, even, even like doing podcasts like this, like we're trying to, you know, some, sometimes communicate to siblings and say like, we're trying to do it, everything we can to live at peace. And we yeah. realize that like certain siblings have one voice that they're hearing from and they don't hear our voice. So even being able to have a platform and being able to talk about these things are a potential way that like, if our siblings want or her siblings wanted to like kind of hear more from a different source than mm-hmm. whoever they might be hearing from who doesn't like what we're doing, then um, they could at least have a way at some point to go back and hear that. Mm. 
Yeah, and I, I wish we had more time because I feel like I could talk to you guys for like four <laughs> yeah. hours. But one one last question I did have for you was if your parents were here since you haven't seen them since the release of the book, what would you say? What would you say to them? We love you guys. Like, I think that's the same thing that they say. Like, we've texted and uh-huh. we just said, we love you. Like, we're going to agree to disagree. We are our yeah. own family and we're comfortable with being our own family and where we are as the Dillard family. Mm-hmm. Um, but we love you and we want to take steps to have a healthy relationship but what that looks like and what we're comfortable with and what they're comfortable with will probably we might have different ideas of what that looks like but we hope that we can go forward with mutual respect for each other and um it's it's a journey yeah (laughs) i love that i really commend you guys for that approach and everything that you've done with your book and your family and yeah and i love the analogy that you gave of the roses and the thorns i think that's Mm. so so good and um, I don't know. I, th- I feel like everyone can relate to that with, with mm-hmm. their individual stories. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys for coming on. If you haven't checked out Jill's book, go read it. It's really good. It's even like free on Spotify. I was, I nice. listened to the last yeah. chapter on Spotify this morning. So, uh, check it out. It's thank you guys. It's on Kindle. Oh Yay! yeah. We've, we've, I have it on my Kindle too. We've yeah. got it on Kindle. We have the physical copy too, but, um, yeah. you guys are awesome and you can Thanks. follow them on Instagram, YouTube, you guys have a YouTube channel with with the whole fam, right? Yeah, so. we've kind of yeah, I'm not on there quite okay. as much, but we are on social media and yeah, check out our book Counting the Cost and it's done really well, thankfully. Thanks to so, so much good. support, New York Times bestseller like wow. 4 months in a row here since the launch so on different levels. Well, thank you guys for listening and if you made it this far, definitely consider subscribing or following the podcast uh, while while you obviously follow <laughs> Jill and Derek too, but uh, we appreciate you guys and as always, this is where we say peace out dudes. <laughs> 3, 2, 1. Peace, peace out, out dudes. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, three hundred dollars You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real? cash back. If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Bonus.